0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Well, for the first time in a couple of years, the Cincinnati Reds actually had a pretty decent season against the San Diego Padres. Both teams end up splitting the season series as the Reds take two out of three at Great American Ballpark, kind of in a tough stretch. I mean... the Padres were able to end a losing streak, but there is so much to get to, whether you're talking about the performances of the se- the series, what it means for both teams moving forward. And just while they were finishing up the series, they announced the final all-star rosters. And there are a couple of key players from both teams that aren't going to Seattle. And we're going to get into why that sucks. But before we do all that, want to introduce ourselves. I am Jeff Carr, one half of locked on reds, and he is Javi Reyes lockdown padres host
0: hello um for those who listen to my show don't worry still sad um nothing has changed (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) we are
0: i am very excited to be doing a crossover while sad which should elate me at least a little bit i'm very amped very excited about that uh but if mm
1: -mm. if you would have told me hobby that we would do a crossover at any point during the season where I would be happier than you. Mm -hmm. If you told me that in spring training, I'd have been like, well, we must've had a really good game against you or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, this would be the way that the season has gone for both these teams, but as you and I are lifelong fans of our favorite franchises, we uh, <laughs> we're long suffering. We've done a daily podcast for multiple years about our favorite team, and we're here bringing you this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Padres crossover that is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what your Purchasing right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying Ibotta by downloading the free Ibotta app that's I B O T T A and using code locked on MLB. All right, Javi, where do we want to start with this? So, the the, the, <laughs> the Reds and the Padres split a season series. I told you coming into uh, as we were preparing for today's podcast, mm-hmm. coming into the season, the Padres have owned the Reds over yeah. the last two years. And is this series just another indication of how things are going for the Friars right now?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, they've been terrible for a while now. Um, they've been really bad, very underperforming. The story, uh everyone, feel free to do whatever you want for whenever I say this on my show. Uh but yes, runners in scoring positions, still a problem for the Padres. They're still worse than the league, worse than the worst teams in the league in that regard, and it's remarkable considering that while there were some questions about the depth of the lineup, certainly, um, even still, you would expect a guy like Jay Cronenworth, you'd expect the guys like Trent Grisham to at least maybe you know be a little bit average, and then if that's what they did, then that would be great because you have four allegedly MVP-quality players at the top of the lineup. Two of the four have been good. One of those two was bad for the first month, the other one was on suspension. So that's worth pointing out. And it's just kind of this series. What I think I noticed. And someone actually DM me about this. A good friend of mine who we DM a lot point out that like one thing about the Padres is that if everything else wasn't happening right now, they did show a lot of fight in this series, particularly in Friday's games. Yes. Um, Friday's game was awesome. A uh, lot of fun yeah. in terms of just in a vacuum, like watching a baseball game. Um they fought. I mean, they had a lot. Of, even Matt Carpenter, who struggled mightily this year. He's been terrible. He even gets a sacrifice fly. And then, you know, uh, Josh Hader comes in. He shuts things down. Three Ks. That was rad. He's going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about him later. Um, but then the Padres' bullpen comes in and is bad with guys that have been bad for a while. Um, and that's Ray Kerr and Drew Carlton. And... Some Patriots fans will say, "Well, why are these guys up?" And it's like, "Well, they don't have any depth," and that was the problem. And when you're a team that lacks depth and the stars aren't performing, then this is just one area—the bullpen. Uh, you get what happened on Friday, and it stinks because again, yeah. they they really fought. This game ends in what was it? The bottom of the 11th inning, like it was it was back to back. Gary Sanchez, <clears throat> Saint Gary, gets an RBI <laughs> in this one. Uh, you know what I mean? That Wad Soto, like, in the top of the 10th, he gets a double. Tatis gets a single. Those two have been awesome. Um, Hasan Kim, another one. But for the most part, this team has been very good at finding ways to lose. And lately, while they've shown a little bit of backbone, especially on Friday's game, um, their bullpen ERA on this season was very good uh, once mm-hmm. upon a time. Uh, it was it, overall their eighth in, in pitching ERA this season, and their bullpen was top three, basically, not too mm-hmm. long ago. But ever since... They played the Giants. And Jeff, you might have seen my DMs in the uh group chat. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> what I said. I said something like I said something like I just want to like find a way to quit. I forgot what I said. I'm gonna pull it up when you, you start talking next, but I said something like I just want to forget like baseball exists. And ever since that series, the Padres Bullpen, ever since the San Francisco Giants series, the Padres Bullpen, they have the twenty-seventh they're 27th in ERA um, ever since then. That was from June 18th. So that's been the latest thing from them. And it stinks because their men had been good. Yeah. And while I'm tempted to blame them, it's like, well, it was going to happen at some point. And they've got some injuries. You should have scored before when they were great. And maybe you wouldn't be that mad that they're going through a rough stretch. So every single time, man, every single time uh, you could think you, that they might be turning around.
1: Could you imagine... Before, because I think that there's an interesting thing that the Padres exposed regarding the Reds bullpen this weekend as well. But could you imagine of taking the under on Friday? You felt really good in the ninth Mm -hmm. inning whenever it was two to one. And you're just like, all right, we got this because the over under was 11 and a half and it was two to one. And then the final score was seven to five (laughs) because both teams bullpens just went nuts and in extra innings. That was something for me too, mm. that I feel like the Padres have exposed because the Reds bullpen so far this season, according to fan graphs, wins above replacement metric have been a top five bullpen in major league baseball. Not mm. according to their ERA, not according to their walks per nine, not even according to their homers allowed per nine. Like they're actually not that good in those categories, but one of the things they do a lot is strike guys out And they do get a lot of ground balls. It's just they have a home-to-fly ball ratio that's a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. And their ex-fip because of that, their expected field independent pitching, the thing that really does well at predicting how ERA is going to end up, has been rough. And I feel like the Padres kind of exposed that a little bit. I mean, Buck Farmer obviously just got blown up in the big win on Saturday for the Padres. But also, I mean, you saw Alexis Diaz really labor through. I mean, he got his first blown save of the season on Friday, and then he really labored through a save that he still ended up giving up a run for Sunday. So I, I feel like whatever chinks in the armor, whatever dents there were in the shielding for this Reds bullpen have started to become a little bit more exposed where there were some awesome positives but kind of piggybacking off of the bullpen talk with this like that's really where I was with this series when when it comes to what the Padres were able to do to the Reds
0: yeah I mean that, that's a great point and I think that the Padres bullpen is very similar where there's maybe there was some regression coming to a degree and that might sound weird to people for a bullpen that has Josh Hader but it's it's true and Steven Wilson, who's been one of our money guys, he got hurt recently. Drew Pomerantz has been hurt all season. Robert Suarez who they had just inked to like a big three, four year extension. He and he was electric last year. he was great. Um, he's been hurt since the start of the season. so like the some guys, yeah, maybe some guys overperform, but then you have other guys who really regress this year. Nabil Crismat, who barely pitches for the team. actually he's off the team now. Um, he was terrible. And Luis Garcia, who, while it didn't end up mattering, this series gives up a grand slam. And last mm-hmm. year he had like one of the most devastating sliders in baseball among relievers this is a three, like low threes ERA guy. And this year he just can't pitch. So that's been a, a brutal blow. So don't get me wrong. I still like the Padres bullpen, but it's like you said, starting to show the holes. And I think part of that is because of how much they've been used. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they've been, they've had to use them so much to try and keep the Padres in the game and be like, Hey, you there, guy that we signed for 11 years and $400 bajillion, <laughs> I am begging you not to hit into a double play for once in your life, please. <laughs> uh, oh, my um, goodness. But they refuse. And the funny part is you don't even know which one I'm talking about when I say that.
1: That's that. that. There's been a few of them. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's been a few of them. I believe there was a stat from, um, I believe, the San Diego Union. Or no, no, the, the athletic from Dennis Lynn that put out that. Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado have granted into more double plays. Like a comp, the, the, no two teammates have granted into more double plays this year than those two. So, uh, feels bad, man. Feels bad.
1: <laughs> well, I tell you, I I, I have loved. Some of the uh, some of the things that I saw, I didn't love that they were doing them to the Reds, but I I love watching Fernando Tatis play some ball. Oh, yeah. And I love seeing some of the stuff he was able to do in this series. Uh, We're definitely going to talk about him coming up here in a minute. But there was also a huge, huge development for this Reds team that happened on Friday night, not necessarily during the extra innings portion of the game, but earlier on in that game that is also going to be a focus of where we go coming up here in just a moment before we talk about that though i want to tell you about today's sponsor and that is ibotta because if you're finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning but dreading buying all the necessities before you take off it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return enter ibotta Abata gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop to get your cash back. It's that easy. The average I a customer earns up to $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. I mean, hey, that game you've been dying to go to, check out the game time app as well ad within an ad. Uh, Other apps give you the points and don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out on your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands as well and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying out Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or App Store and use code MLB. You can catch every pitch of the uh, Hometown Broadcast for the Cincinnati Reds or the San Diego Padres on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds. Or Padres, and thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Padres your first listen of the day. Lots coming up this week. We got we got some uh, uh, Independence Day baseball for your hmm. Cincinnati Reds in our nation's capital. Where's the pods going on the July Fourth?
0: Oh man, they're facing honestly, genuinely like the best team that you could possibly face, and I don't mean that in terms of like what will be good for them, but they are mm-hmm. facing the Angels, and I can't wait.
1: It's going to be interesting. You got uh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. You
0: know what? Look, when the other team lights us up, I'll actually be thrilled about it. You know what I mean? I'll actually be like, oh, wow. Like, I can say years from now, when I have kids bouncing on my lap or whatever, like, I got to see the team that I covered get lit up by Shohei Otani once. And it was great on July 4th. It was great.
1: I'm looking forward to that. And if you are listening and you're not catching us on YouTube, uh, Javi has on the clown hat, which is something that he carries with him whenever the Padres just kind of, well, they clown around a little bit. But, hey, we saw some impressive performances nonetheless in this series. And you had mentioned Josh Hader. That was something that I I looked at, and I know that he started off this season a little bit rough. He started off his tenure with San Diego last season a little bit rough. last year, yeah. But he really he's really started to right the ship and look like the Josh Hader that they were probably trading for back mm-hmm. in last year's deadline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he last year, I, I remember right, like just raving and like for a bunch of different reasons. I thought, look, I don't like the Brewers. I don't like how they never spend and are content with being 87 wins every year in a yeah. terrible division. But I was like, ah, you know, they do make good trades. So I was a little bit worried. Couple that with the Padres um penchant for just trading for guys only when they're at the top of their game and never buying low, like always going top price with stuff with with JJ Peller at the helm. That I was wondering like, oh, maybe they saw something. And for the first like two weeks, he had like a um I remember with the Yankees or all this Chapman with in his Yankees tenure forgot how to pitch for two weeks. Yeah. It was blow it was he was trending on Twitter every night, had like a 12 ERA. That's basically what happened with Hader. And then somewhat inexplicably it was just fine. And he's basically been fine for a while. He's had a couple blown saves. He had one that really stunk this year when he gave up a home run to a, a, a little lesser-known player um, from the Dodgers named Mookie Betts. But other than mm-hmm. that, he's been pretty lights out. And the only thing that I notice when he pitches is sometimes he he, he he's the type of guy that he can only beat himself. Um, he does end up giving up one walk, and usually that's the thing with him is when guys aren't chasing his fastball, especially the elevated one. Don't get me wrong; it's still one of the best pitches in the league. He's still incredible. He's great he's fantastic but you can sometimes see it like uh oh he's not trusting himself like just throw it right in there people aren't gonna hit you don't have to get uh, crazy but again I'm just you know being a critic uh he was good in the series and I, I appreciate that yes. uh very much and I also appreciate uh Mr Nando um for being very good in this series he throws out a, yeah. a foolish runner on of the Reds <laughs> who apparently hasn't looked up look I don't know what's going on People keep running on this guy. He's going to win the gold glove, and people keep running on this guy. It's it's pretty astounding, and he gets an RBI in each game. He hits the home run in uh, hold on yesterday's game uh, that ends up tying it. They end up losing anyway because they are only here to make me sad, but it was still really cool, and I really appreciate it. Um, Tatis, while he's been awesome, um, 133 WRC plus on the season, that's not his MVP sell-perfect form type of thing like yet right um the big thing has been though slugging a whole lot he's got a bunch of home runs for sure he's gonna finish with around like 35 or so stealing a lot of bases and the defense is what's helping him but he does swing at literally every pitch so that's why his on-base percentage is only at 333 right now right well historically he's like a 350 360 on base guy he strikes out but maybe he's just pressing um maybe (laughs) because and by the way i don't mind i understand uh, with trying to with catch the, up uh, right. yeah. he's trying to catch up I mean especially with this team and not just himself but also the team too so that's his only thing is he swings at every pitch but he's so talented that it almost doesn't matter oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean like, I mean to, to the crazy. cell
1: to the cell perfect point uh, perfect uh uh form uh mm-hmm. comment you know still his baseline power level is very impressive mm-hmm. like you're not going to exactly. you're not going to get a whole lot by him and no. Red's relief pitchers found that out in the hardest of ways. I, I really think that moving forward, I, I the, the gold glove is interesting because you think about him at shortstop and he was far from that. Yeah. But now that he's there in right field, it looks like his natural fit. This season
0: has been a nightmare, but there has been individually some really cool developments. Um, Hasan Kim getting better. He also in Sunday's game has the home run I didn't tie the game, but right before Tatis. He's just showing like he's been getting better and better and one of the premier defenders in the sport right now. Um I know some Padres fans are wondering about his all-star um promises and prospects, but you know, he's just as a defender alone, he's incredible. And the fact that he's gotten better. To being a slightly above average bat is huge for this team. And Tatis's defense, those have been like kind of the nice welcome surprises. And Michael yeah. Waka. But other than that, and that's why I have Pac-Man, of course. Um, but other than that, it, it has been bad, but it it was still cool, I have to admit. Seeing Tatis like just drop the bat so dramatically, like no one seizes a moment better than him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can be so cool without looking that arrogant, you know what I mean? Yeah. also not being yeah. lame. You know what I mean? You don't want to just be that guy. who, Like, I've made fun of Aaron Judge before on my podcast. Incredible player. I love him. But it can be a little boring sometimes. It's like, oh, of course he had the, like, normal jog around the bases when he broke the Roger Barris record. It's like, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be throwing the base. You know what I mean? I'd pick it up and be like, screw all of you. i just beat a record. Um, But he somehow, he balances it. Uh, The point of arrogance and humility and just seizing it. And that home run in Sunday's game was a nice reminder of, like, at least we have this guy, you know, at least we have this dude. He's been incredible.
1: Kind of speaking to the uh, seizing the moment thing. Like I was a little bit bummed. We didn't see a lot from Ellie De La Cruz in the series. We didn't see a lot yeah. from Will Benson. Those are the two guys that really – are like the Reds showmen whenever stuff like that happens. I know Spencer Steer, he had a great reaction with his home run and just the way that the team was able to play mm-hmm. you know, on Sunday and the way that that kind of went down. But I'm with you. I mean, Fernando Tatis is one of those guys that – just the way that he presents himself lends him to being like a love him or hate him type guy, but that's not who he is as a person or as a player. It's just Mm -hmm. his presentation to everybody. And I don't hate him. I love, him. I love watching him play. I just hate it whenever he's doing that to the reds. I'll say this though, because from the reds perspective, the biggest development for me in this series was the starting pitching. Mm. Uh, Graham Ashcraft looked awesome. He looked like the guy that we expected. The guy facing who the Padres showed...
0: usually helps, but yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And, uh, but he, he looked like the guy that we saw in the first six starts of the season. And then he went mm-hmm. on this just awful stretch of a 12 and a half ERA looking really bad. And then Friday night happens and he looked fantastic. Andrew Abbott continued to look fantastic on Sunday. I, I wonder I think if, if Kim got on base in any regard, he probably chases him anyway, but that Homer definitely chased him there. Um, I was, I was really hoping to see, you know, him finish out the eighth. We haven't had anybody throw eight innings in a. Uh, I'd have to look it up. I, I should probably do that before I record another podcast, but uh, I, I can bet it's been at least probably a year, maybe even two years since that's happened, but it's, it's, it's been a while, but, Abbott has looked fantastic. And then we got great news on Lodolo and, and green that they're both starting rehab processes and yeah. should be back around the trade deadline. So the thing that's been the reds kryptonite so far has been the reds has been their starting pitching and it looked a lot better in this Series, Luke Weaver, notwithstanding, I'm not, he's not a starting pitcher. I'm dub, 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 No, no, I know that was before the series. I still have to say that. Uh, but when it comes to the other guys, even Brandon Williamson, he, he looked good mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I, I, I feel much better today about the red starting pitching than I did on Friday. And I'm very happy to say that.
0: Absolutely. And hey, I mean, your team, unlike mine, is actually like in an interesting. Race for its division crown. I-, I will say your division's hilarious. It's been very funny <laughs> yes, for a while. That the Reds have a minus twenty-one run differential, Brewers minus thirteen, Pirates minus thirty-four, and in fourth place, the Cubs have a plus twenty-six. <laughs> just absolute chaos going on in in the NL Central, and not necessarily the fun type of chaos, but just the. Does anyone want to win this division? you know what okay. i mean we'll take it i guess the cardinals don't want it for okay that they don't want it the brewers <laughs> yeah. they're probably going to trade away their best players somehow at the deadline right like they don't want to uh, all right we have ellie to the clues i guess we're going to the playoffs you know what i mean so right. I, i'm enjoying it from a chaos like kind of really dumb perspective the way i enjoy like the movie armageddon you know I'm like stuff like of that chaos yeah
1: yeah i think that and, and I think this goes for both the American League and the National League. It's going to be uh, five teams this is from a combination of the East and the West. And then whoever doesn't lose uh, the Central Division in both leagues will yep. make the playoffs. Like, but I think that that is the biggest reason why everyone is so bullish on the Reds' chances. Because they look at the field and they say, are we sure? That any one of these teams, because I mean, the Brewers still have the option of blowing it up. They're talking about Corbin Burns like he's a trade chip. Like, I don't know. It it, it could be very interesting to see what they do at the deadline. And I'm talking myself into a whole bunch of scenarios that probably won't happen, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you this. We know what's not happening. We know that there's not the specific players we thought from our teams Mm. that would be going to Seattle. We're going to talk about who those guys are and what can be done about it mm-hmm. coming up next. Before we talk about that, I want to tell you that you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Padres hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Padres or. Reds. Plus, outside of every episode, you can follow us on Twitter for as long as Twitter allows you to do that. Uh, you can follow Javi at Javi Peno, J A V I I P E N O. Spelling's hard for me sometimes, so I'm glad that I got that because <laughs> um, I'm Jeff Carr at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Now, the third F is my middle name, but yeah, that's everybody likes to say, you, you don't know how to spell Jeff. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter for that. And you can follow our respective shows as well. All right, Javi, uh, the final rosters, according, you know, until injuries are had, until people opt out and things like that, have been announced. And the Reds get Alexis Diaz to go. The Padres, we talked about Fernando Tatis. He's not going. Uh, there's, there's a couple of guys from the reds that I could have made some arguments for, but I think before we really dive into the nitty gritty of who's going and who's not going and why it's dumb that the guys that aren't going, aren't going the whole entire system itself needs some revamping here because mm. it's all based on first halves. I, I don't understand why the second half of the season just com- completely gets ignored in this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a fair point, And I think that like, that's why you have these weird, it's fun like going on baseball reference and seeing these guys who finished with like five win seasons or whatever. And they had like 35 homers and it's like, Oh, they just weren't as awesome in the first half. And it it does feel a little bit unfinished sometimes where I'm like, Oh wow. Like I had a moment like a few weeks ago. I was like, Oh wow. We're voting on all-stars already. Like it felt a little bit weird. And it's like, it's like a halfway point, I guess, but it's just, it's just a little bit odd. So I have wondered myself, I do one thing I do like about the MLB all-star game is that, Unlike, say, the NBA and certainly NFL is that there's no <laughs> this word has been OK. I don't mean it in this way, but there isn't as many like legacy kind of people who make it. I know that that's been a buzzword lately over the past couple of days, but I think that like, automatic.
1: I, yeah. Yeah. Automatic like
0: I, I really like that just because you're Mike Trout, that they're not going to just vote you in every year don't get me wrong he's having a little tiny bit of a down season by his standards but good enough and i don't mind that but it's cool i like the nba if kevin durant missed like 28 games that he might still be named an all-star starter right and it's kind of like you are the best but it's also like well, we're talking about right now you know what i mean so i kind right. of think that that's one cool thing about baseball there's no love lost like they will drop you you know what i mean like oh xander nope manny machado nope you were literally (laughs) second and should have been first in mvp voting last year nope you're not making it in so i do respect that but you know what i don't respect man can can i say it oh don't go go for it can i say it this generation this participation trophy generation (laughs) i have had enough of the, why does every team need to be represented at the All-Star I don't, game? That's, that's definitely sport, part of it that needs fixed. Yes, in a sport that consistently every year we see that a big problem with some of these teams is ownership that refuse to spend to go get talent and all this stuff. We really have to go out here and be like, you know what? Let's bring the catcher from the Rockies in there instead <laughs> of Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, or Will Smith. I forgot if Will Smith made the All-Star game. I don't think he did. Of the Dodgers. I'm just giving, like, an example of a catcher. I would prefer St. Gary over Elias Diaz. (laughs) It's just, and that's where my bias stands, but I don't like that. I don't like this idea that you have to have a representative. Get better players. Play better. That's what we're supposed to do. You know what yeah. I mean? And while your team, not necessarily, they don't have like a, a big name all-star. I imagine everyone would love to see Ellie to even if it's only been like a week <laughs> practically that he's been playing, <laughs> yeah. but that team is a rare good team that just their prospects have been called up and this, they got hot recently. Right. But for the most part, I don't understand why we have to do this. I think it is really right. silly to be taking away spots with, with Josiah gray. And I don't mean to be mean to these guys they are trying hard. Congrats. I, I hope they have a great time at the all-star game. Honestly, but I just don't understand why we're rewarding those teams. Why are we no, rewarding really. incompetence? Why are we rewarding a team in the Rockies that was like, we don't want to spend, so we are going to literally pay another team to take, oh, Rockies fans, oh, I don't wanna... what am I going to do? We won't have an all-star. You did have an all-star, and then you gave him up for a pack of veggie straws and a side of Coca-Cola, right. and <laughs> you said we're going to pay for his salary. That's right. So it's just all of these things. You know what would be sick? Fernando Tatis Jr. in the all-star game. Blake Snell, yeah. Michael Waka. Uh, and I'm not saying those that is the best or anything, but he's got a cool story. You know what I mean? Does he have like a nice first it. half, too. Yeah, yeah, really nice first half and all these things. You can make the Pac-Man jokes. I just, I, I really hate it. I don't think that it's good to be rewarding bad teams. If you want to fix it, fix it. Make a better team. Go and overpay for a star. I don't know, right? Like it's just very. Frustrating, particularly in this sport, that we see so often. These teams, like the Brewers, like the Guardians, like the A's, et cetera, et cetera, that refuse to ever go all the way and spend. So why are you just giving them this? Like I said earlier, like a legacy pick, where it's just like, oh, we have to have someone from the Rockies. No, you don't. Guess what? You don't. It's okay. We'll be all right. That's that's my take. Really don't.
1: And. And my thought with this, too, is uh, there's a great take by our friend Sully over at Lockdown MLB where he mm. thinks that they should change. They should have the All-Star Game at the beginning of the season and base it off of last season, because there's two reasons for this. Number one, you always get these weird first half guys like I was in a baseball reference, like searching a hole the other day and for some reason was looking at Jason Marquis' uh, career. Jason Marquis was an all-star one year. And not to take anything away from a guy that was clearly a professional pitcher, I was not. I'm not saying anything about that. What I'm saying is if you look at the career, and even I think the year that he made the all-star team, his overall season statistics were horrible. It's just his first half happened to be amazing. If you take the entire body of work over a season, that – is where you should come up with your all-stars. I think that that's where the NFL does it the best. Now the NFL does not lend itself to having an all-star game because of the sport and how you play it. Baseball does, and you can have a fun game. And yes, it's an exhibition. Don't give me anything trying to add incentive to it. That's, that's pointless. But like the couple of day break, where it's like all the teams are traveling from their spring training facilities to their home ballparks, getting ready for opening day, all this other stuff. Why not put the All Star Game in that break? Just say, look, we've got a, we've got three days. We're gonna have the All Star Game, the Home Run Derby, and then boom, let's have the season because that would be a nice little lead-in. And that's something that hey, I'm, I'm sure Sully's heard? gonna bring this up, but I, I think that you you're able to gauge an entire year. You're not gonna get these weird. You know one-off things or you avoid the idea that one of the most electric guys in the game got called up too late and doesn't get a chance to go to seattle Mm -hmm. elena cruz deserves every chance i mean he's he's not been here long enough to acquire the kind of statistics that you would Mm -hmm. say yes that's all-star level but i think his rate stats show that eventually that's going to be the case and his stat cast metrics would tell you that this dude needs to be in the home run derby because, Oh that my gosh, that would be so much fun to just see him wailing on 70 mile an hour fastballs. And I know there's going to be takes out there. People just like, well, you're going to mess up as I don't care. He'll figure it out. He's a professional. I hate that take.
0: That's yeah, a that's boomer why take. Get me, get out of here with this home run. Yeah. Derby. Well then why do some players stink in the second half that didn't participate in the derby? Enough. Do research right. people. I'm so, I'm sick of it all jeff
1: i really yeah. Yeah, you know that and it's and I, random random take that doesn't have anything to do with selection but <laughs> let them wear their own uniforms i'm tired mm. of these awful awful looking right all-star to
0: uniforms to am i crazy
1: yeah like yeah i think like back in like the 70s and the 80s and stuff because okay, like yeah, yeah, i see yeah. like old pictures whenever the big red machine was going to the all-star game and they were all wearing everybody
0: yeah. wore their uniforms and it's like i want to have a new all-star jersey to sell but right? you
1: know it's like i get it it's merchandise but you're not going to be all like, oh, does he belong in the American league or national? I don't know. He's wearing a Reds uniform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. Obviously it's National. Like, just let them wear their own. Uniform. I don't I, know. I feel like I the all-star game just needs to lean into the fact that it is entertainment driven and it is not anything to do with like, we're figuring things out about these guys. No, they just make it about the entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong. I do get annoyed sometimes. It's oh, who
0: was snubbed from the oh, what happened here? I do think for basketball, it's always dumb because I'm like, hey guys, yeah. guess what? There's like 20 spots. Oh, well, right. this guy from <laughs> my favorite team should admit. Okay, who do you want to take out? Damian right. Lillard, Steph Curry. Okay, like this is dumb, right? Like you can't. They, there's a limited amount of spots for baseball, though, because of what I was ranting about earlier. It's like yeah, like why? come on, like let's let's figure this out and don't get me wrong there are some annoying there's still some annoying versions of that where it's like how can tatis not be starting it's like well corbin carroll's like the leader in f4 saying they for acuna and that's pretty year, good yeah. so i don't usually complain about that it's specifically those we have to have a guy selections i'm not going to yeah. be out here and say oh my gosh why in the world didn't i'm going to look at the reserves right now that and that's the, the whole National reason
1: League. that there are snubs is because you have these de facto exactly. selections.
0: Exactly. These de- like I'm not going to be upset that Nick Castellanos made it or whatever, and that Loris Guriel Jr. It's fine. Like they're good players. Yeah, they are having they're good, good seasons. Yeah. I just really think like we could easily amend this if we yes. just stopped. Stop it, Major League Baseball. But we're not going to do it. And was Tatis a snub? I think he was a little bit because of the rule thing. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. I do wonder if this is just like a suspension tax that people mm. are just not going to have him in there because of that. To those people, I say, grow he'll be up back next
1: year though. Yeah. yeah. And he'll be back
0: <laughs> next year. I tell those people grow up. What's the point of the suspension. If you're still going to hate him forever, like right. relax <laughs> Yankees fans. You literally have Domingo Herman, You have Josh Donaldson. You had a rod. You had all these guys, you know what I mean? And Herman for yeah. multiple reasons, by the way, like I'm at a game watching these guys cheer these people out. And I'm like, didn't you, Say something pretty messed up. Go Google to so see Hernandez a couple years ago. Like, stop. All right, but I mean, there's some great players. It's just wouldn't we rather see Tatis like running around doing his thing? Uh, I think yeah. everyone would. But no, we gotta have Elias Diaz in there. So
1: I want to see the best catchers in the game. You know, mm-hmm. and, and guys like guys like Tatis and guys like De La Cruz trying to steal bases on them and stuff like that. Like, th- there's so much about the All Star Game that could be fun if they just kind of tweak it a little bit and i think that's that that's kind of where we are getting
0: at and like at least like if it's a reserve like if one of these reserve players was like a quirky like fun guy like i don't know if you yeah. remember the um what was his name Oakland A's like Eric Sogard Uh, back in the day remember that fan vote thing like MLB's best and it was like Derek Jeter (laughs) versus Eric Sogard where it's like guys this doesn't matter it's actually pretty funny yeah the fact that 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 happened but that was like a little fun little dumb fan competition but for this it's like come on guys like I I need a little bit more like the Brett Phillips of the Rays I know is like a cult MLB hipster favorite like that I'd be like all right whatever and Don't get me wrong, there's been worse moments like when the entire Royals starting lineup was winning the All-Star voting that one year. Like, I get it, but it's also a little funny. I I will take the fans flooding their thing with just being like, our team's great. We're going to get literally everybody in the All-Star game. I would prefer that over the, oh God, we need a Rocky. I literally would prefer that instead because it would be funny and I think it'd be great. It's like all Royals and Mike Trout. I just think it looks really funny. Uh, he's the only one who survived like the the Order 66 purge or whatever that happened <laughs> that year in voting. Um he is, that would be he's my favorite.
1: Yeah. of the MLB All-Star game. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I tell you what, that seems like a great spot to end today's crossover. Thank you everybody so much for checking us out before we get out of here. Make sure that you remember you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Padres hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds and search Padres. But that'll do it for us here for Javi Reyes. I am Jeff Carr. This has been a Locked On Padres, Locked On Reds crossover. As we break down the series moving forward, you can keep up with both teams every single day. As both uh, lockdown Reds and Locked On Padres, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that's all throughout the season and all throughout the offseason as well. So we'll see you tomorrow.
0: Hey, Prime members.